the light and the lake touch in a thousand silver ripples. The boat has lingered here since long before the light came, bereft of success. The cover of darkness has not hit them, and now dawn has struck and the silver darlings have gone. But on the other side, the unfamiliar side, the alternative side, that side lets the moribund nets slide. And within a length of seconds as deep as eternity, the nets are alive again, bouncing in the water, flashing with silver light, rippled with green and blue and yellow and gold, as the harvest struggles with abundance. And the story begins. Hello, I'm Roddy Hamilton, the Minister of New Kilpatrick Parish, and thank you for the invitation once more to travel with you today. We're by the waterside today, that liminal place between two different worlds, the unknown sea full of leviathan and mystery, and the land the dust of which we were made. But in liminal places where two worlds touch, unusual things can happen. It is where we find Jesus, a carpenter, who works from produce of the land, and fisher folk, who live by the fruit of the sea, where their paths cross on the edge of two worlds and begin something new, a movement of the kingdom of heaven, among the kingdoms of the earth. And so we are all invited to come alongside each other, to lay down our old world traditions and join the movement of the new world ideas, because the kingdom is arriving. Jesus had left the synagogue to those who liked the synagogue. He didn't fit there. The open, wilder places felt more in keeping with the kingdom of God's teaching. Out here, where people were met in the open rather than in the limited places of tradition and familiar faces. In this natural temple of the world, holy space was everywhere, even here on the shore of Lake Gennesaret. There were always far more people now trying to barge closer to hear him. It was a struggle on the shore this day. He was being backed into the water. But then he noticed two boats, empty of fisher folk, who were along the shore scrubbing nets. He pointed to the boats as if to ask, can I use one of them? Simon, whose boat he had unceremoniously clambered into, being a carpenter, Jesus knew how to build the boat, not to climb into it. He ran over and helped him move out from the shore a little onto the water. Sitting there, Jesus taught the crowd and Simon listened. 
Once he had finished, Jesus suggested to Simon to push out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. The fisher looked at the carpenter. Oh, you think we should put out again? Well, we were just out all night and caught nothing. But what do I know? It's not like I've spent my whole life fishing or anything. You must know better. Jesus listened to him, the frustrations of a whole system of fishing where boats now had to be leased from wealthier owners who were moving into the new city being built along the shore called Tiberias, and how the long tradition of fishing families was being set asunder by new rules and legislation that made them poorer, as their non-fishing owners filled their pockets more. Perhaps Jesus, one of the carpenters helping to build the city, Simon didn't know, but he had been made restless, having just heard what Jesus had taught about this new kingdom, and marrying that with his own situation of being tied up in an unbalanced and unfair system. However, out into the deep waters they went, and the net went overboard. And no sooner had it hit the water than it was full of fish, every kind, from the smallest minnow to the biggest expensive fish. What kind of miracle was this? What hocus-pocus Messiah was sitting in his boat? If you want a miracle, well, why not heal someone or bring down a tyrant rather than fill a fishing net? But Simon saw something more here, a symbol, a picture of what Jesus had been teaching about earlier, an invitation that Jesus' word was shaping a movement, not to simply fill nets by magic, but a sign of things to come, a net that gathered all the least in the world, caught in an unjust system, now being invited to be caught up in a movement that was fairer more honest and life-giving. And Jesus said to him, or at least Simon thinks he remembers Jesus asking him, but he really can't remember. Will you join this movement and catch the world? Whether Jesus asked Simon or Simon just heard what he wanted to hear, he replied immediately, yes, Loving God on the edge of things, the liminal places between one time and another, one feeling and another, one era and another, one state of being and another. May we gather here, this liminal place between heaven and earth, between past and future. May we be here present to the possibilities that this place offers, the creativity that comes by way of tangling things together and find your word spoken, your dream enfleshed, your hope realised. Loving God in this thin place, holy and full of potential, may we bring all we are all our pasts, the hurts and the hindrances we have been in the world and caused to others and let them reform into hope and grace and generosity.
And we might hear again your story for the first time in a new way. Bring to life what has been moribund in us and kindle a hope again and make possible the birthing of the kingdom. Whenever we are between places, on the edge of things, unsure of futures, anxious about now, may we let that kingdom guide us, reshape us, forgive us, renew us. So be it. Hear us as we share the global prayer together. Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen. I know folk don't want to look towards politics for many examples of integrity at the moment. There is a very selfish version of leadership going on that sees or measures success as being able to scrape through. But there are not many heads being held very high. Generally, we want folk of integrity to lead us who have decent standards, not perfection, but who reach a certain standard or level of decency and honesty. So perhaps it will be a surprise to hear, I'd like to reduce the entry level for faith and particularly Christianity. We have a version of church, and this is across most of our denominations, that seems to expect us to be at a decent level of lifestyle and understanding to join told you the story before of one minister of the Church of Scotland newly moved into a parish, intimating communion will be shared in a fortnight. He, and it was only he in those days, visited a, a few families in order to give them their communion token. Yes, these were the days when you need to be judged to be at a certain level of decency and understanding before you were allowed anywhere near the table. But he found them all wanting So he announced the next week that communion would be postponed until he had visited every family and instructed them in the faith and judged them worthy to receive the bread and wine. Two and a half years later, communion was finally served. And since the age of enlightenment, 5,500 years ago, faith seems to be all about rationality and understanding. What does this mean? Do you understand the creeds? Do you know the catechism? Being a bear of little brain, as Winnie the Pooh says, I'd rather ask people, how many stories can you remember about Jesus? Where do you find yourself in them? How do you hear Jesus' words to the prodigal, or the Samaritan, or the tax collector, or the woman at the well? We still speak of catechisms and doctrines and creeds, and I genuinely can't imagine God is the least bit concerned about that. Personally, I find some of it fascinating, and it certainly serves as a corrective. And I love the nuances and the double meanings of words and the social backgrounds of enlightened stories, but faith is a movement, 
And this story of the call to the disciples shows us that exactly. When Jesus calls the fisher folk, he's not reeling them in one by one in a membership drive. It doesn't seem Jesus was trying to get any new followers for any church. As we know, Jesus never showed any interest in starting a church. Jesus was starting a movement. Rather, he was shaping a great project that reshaped how we all lived in the world, a way of establishing right relationships with our neighbours and rebalance the world away from the powerful and the dishonest and the oppressors. He didn't quite get there. That's what we are all about. We are still that movement. So let us reimagine the church and not talk as something Talk of the church as something that requires membership and baptism being the sign of that membership. But talk of it as a project, an operation, an enterprise to change the way we live towards each other. We start not with understanding doctrine and creeds. We start with a movement that desires justice and grace and love before anything else. And until we get these, everything else is less important. Let us live the stories we have in the Bible, which we give to every baptised person to read and read them. They are the foundations of this movement called the kingdom, the one Jesus called the fisher folk to be part of. And here... In this place, our reimagining of that moment as we grow out of the pandemic is to take these stories that we are all baptised into and become that kingdom movement in this place. Ours is to live these stories, be these stories and flesh these stories here. Hear the call Jesus offers to be the movement of the kingdom. Fishers all and in our living reshape our community, our parish and our relationships wherever we find ourselves. Thank you for the invitation to join you again today in worship. We continue to gather um, online. And you'll find us there on our website at nkchurch.org.uk where there is a list on the front page of all the activities that are happening this week. One or two things starting up again after the pandemic. The Parents and Toddlers group is starting up again. That's a Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday, 9.30 to 11.30. And what we're really looking for is to offer the hospitality that we are called to offer as a church. And we're inviting anyone who may feel comfortable to help serve tea and coffee, to, to share that hospitality, to welcome people into the, the walk round. Um, and hopefully if we have enough people doing that, everyone will be on once a fortnight. Um, so if you are interested in serving some coffee, just pouring some coffee, all under guidelines at the moment, of course, but um, to continue that, um, if you'd like to be part of that, if you 
phone the church on 01419428827 or email at mail at nkchurch.org.uk, then you can become part of that group that offers hospitality to those wider than ourselves within our community. Other other activities are there in the bulletin. Please do have a wee look at that. You can get that posted to you, emailed to you, or you can download it from the website. Let's gather all our thoughts and concerns together in our prayers for others. Let us pray. God of love, our prayer is a simple one. To love the world. To let the world be reshaped by love, rebalanced by justice, Renewed by peace. And as we renew our call to your kingdom movement, may we live this prayer. Be the flesh on these words, the breath in their lungs, enough to see the way faith, any faith, can renew the world. So hear us. As we gather here, Ukraine and Yemen, Syria and Afghanistan, Mali and Burkina Faso. Hear us as we gather here, Parliament and investigations, leadership and honesty. Hear us as we gather here, the least in our communities, the support for the poorest in fuel poverty Fragile businesses with new taxes. Hear us as we gather here our own community and parish, our neighbourhoods and our neighbours. Hear us as we gather here our families and friends, those who are ill and hurting, whose mental and physical illness exhaust them, those worried and those isolating. And as we gather them all, may they be gathered into this movement of love, the kingdom of light, the word of hope, the carpenter that wills to rebuild our relationships, our politics, our neighbourhoods, our lives, and follow you into that reimagined and resurrected world. So be it. Amen. A couple of weeks ago, if you remember, Jesus was in the synagogue. He chose a passage from Isaiah that read about the good news to the poor and freedom to the oppressed and liberty to the captives and sight given to the blind. The only thing was that local boy for It was his own synagogue, the one he grew up in where he knew everyone and everyone knew him and these were the adults who had watched him grow and loved him into faith. Local boy didn't make good and he was thrown out of the synagogue. And hardly a paragraph later in the story of the gospel, here is Jesus taking a boat out into the water and preaching to crowds outside in the open air. There is a beautiful enigmatic image here. It's as if Jesus has chosen his own holy ground outside, in the open, on a lake, in a makeshift boat, where there are no rules and traditions and rituals and expectation. There is where he finds the place to teach. This temporary space 
This is where the kingdom will be invited. The whole scenario reframes our thinking about how we share the stories of the kingdom. Here, within four walls of the church building, are the bigger spaces beyond us. Now, this isn't trying to make any more of a point than suggesting that we hear this as an invitation. As we gather around the the six principles we are using to reshape ourselves, welcome, creativity, family, relationships, well-being and communication, and work them out beyond the solid centres of the church into the temporary makeshift places of our community. It is where Jesus found the space he needed for people to hear the kingdom of God beyond the expected places into new liminal places. So this reimagining of the church continues to be an interesting kingdom project. in peace. In the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the common life of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen.